Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi there, I'm Cindy Linden, and this is the Cook Along Podcast. I was scrolling along yesterday in Facebook, in my feed, which has devolved into cooking videos and recipes, I'm afraid, when I found a BuzzFeed post called, It Will Taste So Much Better, But No One Will Be Able to Guess Why, 33 Genius Cooking Hacks That Rely on a Single Secret Ingredient. So I'm reading through this, and this is better than many. There are several things here that I hadn't thought of that are kind of cool ideas. But I got to number 31, and I'm just going to read that to you. I worked in a high-end restaurant that was very well known for its cheesecake. The secret to the cheesecake, just cream cheese and marshmallow fluff blended together and set in a graham cracker crust. That seemed weird to me. So that set me down a rabbit hole trying to find out if that really was a thing. And you know what? It is. Although most of the recipes that I found use more than just those two things. And I suspect this guy was being a little disingenuous, this person, I should say, because you know what? No vanilla, no lemon, no nothing, no flavoring, just marshmallow and cream cheese. That seems unlikely. But the recipes that I found, I started to think, well, okay, maybe this would be worth a try. And then I started looking at the pictures, and they all look kind of um, insipid, (laughs) kind of pale. And I don't know. It's an interesting idea. It intrigued me. But I didn't see anything that compelled me to actually experiment with it until... I'm scrolling through the recipes and I find something that isn't marshmallow cream. It's called Small No-Bake Marshmallow Pumpkin Cheesecake. (sighs) You know, pumpkin is a thing for me and so is cheesecake. I have, I don't even know how many pumpkin cheesecake recipes I have and I never make it because A, it's really expensive. B, it's really a lot and they're very rich. And C, and they're very, very high in calories and not good for you at all. And so I try to avoid them. This one, however, I'm just going to try. I'm too intrigued not to do it. So this is a completely on-the-fly experiment. I'm going to make it even worse by fudging with the recipe. And all I mean really by that is that I'm going to cut it in half. So this recipe is supposed to make just a six-inch cheesecake. 
So you have to have a six-inch pie pan, which I don't know that I've ever even heard of a six-inch pie pan, unless it's an old foil one from a frozen pot pie that you saved the foil thing. And the other thing is that there are only two of us in the house right now, and I do not need tons of leftover cheesecake. Whether it's good or not, I'm afraid is irrelevant by the time you've put cream cheese and pumpkin and something sweet together in a graham cracker crust. It doesn't matter to me how good it is. I will simply eat it. So smaller than small is even better than small. So I'm going to cut this in half which means I'm going to try to get it into a three-inch ramekin. And this is a ramekin I bought for a New York Times recipe of molten lava cake for two. And if it doesn't fit, well, I'll find something to do with the part that doesn't fit. Maybe I'll just eat it because it's no bake, which means there's no raw eggs in it. You could just eat it. This is probably not the best idea, but it could be done. At this moment, I'm faced with a dilemma that I often have when working with a podcast. I don't know whether to give you the amounts in the original recipe or to give you the amounts for the tiny one I'm going to make. I think it's easier for my head if I give you the tiny amounts I'm going to make. So what I'm going to do is tell you where to find this recipe. It comes from a website called bakingmischief.com. And again, it's called Small no-bake marshmallow pumpkin cheesecake. Here are the ingredients for what I'm making today, which is the two-person version. One and a half cups of mini marshmallows, a quarter of a cup of canned pumpkin, only mine's not canned pumpkin, it's actually frozen sweetmeat squash because every fall I either grow or find some sweetmeat squashes, which are those big blue, silver, green things. The flesh is very much like pumpkin, only a little richer, a little sweeter. So I roast them, puree them, and throw them in prepackaged amounts in my freezer to use all year. So that's what I'm using. A quarter of a teaspoon of ground cinnamon, an eighth of a teaspoon ground ginger, an eighth of a teaspoon ground nutmeg, or a half a teaspoon of pumpkin pie spice, which I think is what I'm going to do today, simply because I have some. An eighth of a teaspoon of salt, 0.38 of a cup of graham cracker crumbs. So that's, what is that? That's just over a third. It says three full graham cracker sheets. So that's what I'm going to do. Two tablespoons of melted butter, salted or unsalted either way. I prefer salted. I like that little salt to set off the sweetness. One tablespoon of brown sugar, a quarter of a cup of heavy whipping cream, a half a tablespoon of granulated sugar, and an ounce and a half of cream cheese, which is the first do-ahead, which is that it should be set out on the counter to soften so that it's room temp before we start. And I almost never use regular cream cheese. I just don't have it in the house because I kind of like the Neufchatel because it's softer, it's easier to spread, it's easier to cook with, and it has fewer calories. So that's what I'm using today. And that could affect the whole texture thing because it's really not quite as hard as cream cheese. So we'll see. I guess there really is only that one do ahead. As far as equipment goes, tools you need, you need a medium pot, two medium bowls, a small bowl, a silicone spatula, 
a handheld electric mixer, which I do not have. I have an immersion blender that has a whip attachment that I'm going to try to use. And what did I leave out? Oh, the three-inch ramekin, if you're doing my size. You need something three to four inches in diameter. And because it's not going to bake or anything, maybe you could just do it in a bowl. But a not very big bowl, because a six-inch bowl is going to be big enough to do the whole recipe. So we're not going to mess with that one. I'm not. Yeah, but you can. If it's good, I mean, you know, then you might want to go back and do it bigger later. And by the way, the person who created the recipe also says you can double it, their recipe, and put it into a nine-inch pie pan. And then you have a full-size cheesecake instead of the small one or the tiny one. Okay, enough. I think we're going to start cooking. So since I'm melting marshmallows, I'm going to use a medium non-stick pot. We're going to put into the medium pot the marshmallows, a cup and a half. If you've got regular size ones, you'll need about nine or ten of them. If you're not using the mini marshmallows, it's actually going to be about two and a half ounces. And maybe that's easier to think about if you have a food scale. Which I love. I love my food scale. That has changed the way I cook. It's a great tool to have in your kitchen. I'm throwing marshmallows on the floor. And they <laughs> just went under my stove. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, till I can pull my stove out, it's going to stay there. And I'm just going to hope it doesn't melt onto the floor because of the oven above it. Okay, with the marshmallows in, now we need a quarter of a cup of the canned pumpkin. Now, this isn't pumpkin pie filling. It's just plain pumpkin glibbies or whatever, unless you are fortunate enough like me to have something in your freezer that you made yourself, which is so easy. Everybody should do it. It's so easy and very rewarding to have it out there in the freezer all year round and not have to open a can. Plus, you know, you can package it in reasonable sizes. For instance, I have some one-pound packages, and this one I'm using today is a one-cup package. Now, obviously, I've got way more than I need for today, but I can figure out how to use another three-quarters of a cup of pumpkin. I have more pumpkin recipes on my website than probably anything except cookies, the website being thecooklongpodcast.com which you can check out to find pictures of today's recipe and the ingredient list so that you don't have to remember what I told you. All right, and with the marshmallows goes this tiny little bit of pumpkin. It's so weird to be thinking about amounts this small. But if it works, actually to have a recipe that only serves two people for dessert is a very cool thing. The molten lava cake also does that. And I have a rustic strawberry or blueberry tart on my website that is the same. It feeds two people, and it's just, I mean, you could make it stretch to three, but you'd be sorry you did. So anyway, that's for fresh or frozen berries, and they're both really good, and it's all in one recipe, and it's so easy. Anybody could do it. Anybody, anybody. Anybody could do it. We're still working in the pot. In there also goes the pumpkin pie spice that I'm using or the cinnamon, ginger, and nutmeg. The only thing different about the pumpkin pie spice that I have is that it's got a little clove in it. I think that's an okay thing. 
So I'm going to use a half a teaspoon of that and the salt, which is an eighth of a teaspoon. All right. Then we're just going to turn that on to medium low. We're going to stir it almost constantly until the marshmallows are all melted and the mixture is all the same color. Should take us maybe six or eight minutes. Marshmallows are not my thing, as I've told you in stories on prior podcasts. It's the food. Everybody has a food that at some point makes them sick and they never have it again because it's just associated with bad things. And marshmallows is that for me. It was Girl Scout camping trip and it was s'mores and I can't eat s'mores because of that, which is unfortunate from what I'm told. And also, now that I think about it, this is the first time in decades that I've thought about this. But the pancakes the next morning were undercooked. That's the other thing I remember about that camping trip is that the pancakes were kind of raw in the middle, just, you know, wet, gooey, unpleasant, which makes me suddenly wonder, we're heating our stuff while I'm talking to you. It makes me wonder if maybe what happened is that dinner before the s'mores was also undercooked or perhaps not stored properly before cooking and had developed some kind of bacteria and it never had anything to do with marshmallows. It had to do with whatever they served for dinner, which I have no memory of whatsoever. Isn't that funny that that never dawned on me that it might have nothing to do with the marshmallows at all? At any rate, what I started to tell you is that despite not being able to eat marshmallows just plain, I do love marshmallows once they are cooked into like a Rice Krispie cookie. I have a couple of versions of Rice Krispie cookies on my website. One of them in particular is well worth checking out. It's a salted caramel version and they are amazing. Once they're melted, I like them a lot. And in fact, I have a brownie recipe that I actually add them to. It's not part of the recipe, but I do it because it makes them chewier. You know, they melt a little bit and make things kind of chewy and stretchy. And I like that in that particular brownie recipe. I should mention, by the way, that this is not pumpkin season. And I put that in air quotes because to me, every day is pumpkin season. It's actually... The middle of June, which is not a time when most people are cooking with pumpkin. But I just saw the recipe and pumpkin is good for me any time of the year. Anybody who restricts their pumpkin intake to October slash November, I just don't understand that. If you're like me, maybe you can join me in this experiment. It's taken a really long time to heat up on medium low. It's annoying me. But I'm stirring it, and I guess it's starting to melt just a tiny bit. But man, I'm turning it to medium. I know it's supposed to be medium low, but once it starts to do something, I'll turn it back down. It smells good. It smells like pumpkin pie spice. Actually, before that starts to melt, we're going to get out that first medium bowl because we're supposed to scrape the mixture out of the pan and into a medium bowl when it's ready. And it's going to cool. Oh, see, <sighs> always read your recipe ahead. This is one of the elements in something I actually wrote. So you'd think I'd remember. I have a blog called The Hidden Ingredients in Every Recipe. And one of them is time. And 
I'd tell you to read it all the way through, which I thought I had. But now I'm seeing here that it has to cool for 45 minutes. Oh, there, they're finally starting to melt a little. There they go, finally. Okay. Well, they melt differently when there's pumpkin around them. It's kind of cool looking, actually. It looks much better now that the marshmallows are starting to melt. And now they're melting pretty quickly. I'm stirring them so they will melt faster and get all mixed in. Because what we want is for the whole thing to become the same color. And of course, that isn't going to happen until the whites of the marshmallows are all melted away. I think it's going to be too big for this container. Oh, I may have to change my tactics a little bit and find something a hair bigger or make a smaller second thing, I guess. I'm going to keep pretending it's going to fit for right now. Okay, it's going to be pretty. And it does smell nice. If you don't have the pumpkin pie spice, but you like cloves, you could just throw in a dash of cloves. I wouldn't do very much. Cloves are very strong. And you may not want that much clove in there. Of course, you're listening to somebody who's clove-averse. Again, because clove oil was used on the holes that were left behind when they yanked my wisdom teeth. And I lived with clove oil and a bad stomach in reaction to the medication they gave me for several days. So cloves I usually do in small doses. I don't like it in large doses. Again, because of the negative association. This is melted now. And we're going to pour it into the bowl that is standing by. This is kind of fun stuff. Alrighty, that's going to sit and cool. Taste what's on my counter that dripped. Huh. Okay. This part of it is really sweet, but of course we're going to add the cream cheese to it. While that starts to cool, we're going to do the next step, which is making the crust. So in a small bowl, which is actually the one I just used. Okay, well, let's try this one. I'm going to put three graham cracker sheets. I don't eat graham crackers just by themselves. You know what my mother used to do is whenever she made a cake, she would take whatever leftover frosting of whatever flavor. Sometimes it was weird colors. I know, birthday cake decorations, that's why. So she would take the frosting left over from a cake, whether it be chocolate or vanilla or green, and spread it on graham crackers and let that harden. And then we had these kind of cool treats that we got to eat that were probably extremely unhealthy. Okay, combine graham cracker crumbs. Graham cracker crumbs. Okay, so here's how I'm going to do that. On a cutting board. I'm spreading out the broken graham crackers and I'm going to use my rolling pin and just crush them. There may be other ways. I suppose I could have done it in a food processor or a mortar and pestle. This is quite satisfying to watch it turn to sort of a solid sheet of dust under my marble rolling pin. Okay, one more run over. Get rid of the bigger ones. There. That was very fast. See that? That was very fast. I'm going to add to this 
graham cracker stuff in the bowl, a tablespoon of brown sugar, which, as far as I know, is always packed before you use it. Not loose, but tightly packed into the container. And then two tablespoons of melted butter. And I am just going to cut a slab of butter of two tablespoons here from my kitchen countertop because that's where I keep my butter so that it doesn't get hard. I know there's some controversy about that, but I've never had the tiniest issue with it, except in the winter when my kitchen is cold and it really doesn't help very much to have it on the counter. And I'm going to throw that in the microwave for just a few seconds to melt it. And then that goes in here with the crumbs and the brown sugar. Yeah, man. I've been watching a TV series on HBO about Julia Child. It's just called Julia. It stars Sarah Lancashire as Julia Child and David Hyde Pierce as her husband. And it was just really fun. And anytime I see stuff about Julia... One of the things they always pull out is the fact that she loved butter, that butter was always good and more butter is better than less butter. Now I'm stirring these things together. Anyway, I just wanted to say I totally agree with that and that I wish it wasn't so bad to eat lots of butter because I I just love it and I love it in baking. I love it in sauces. Obviously, what we're doing here is making a graham cracker crust, right? Did I need to tell you that? We're just munging all this stuff together, and then once it's all kind of damp and malleable, instead of dry crumbs, we're going to put it into that ramekin. And here's the first place that I probably have more than I really... Oh, how the heck am I going to do this? Do I need a bigger container? Mm, Okay, I'm just going to risk this. This was the plan. I'm going to stick with the plan because I need to see how it comes out. I'll try not to panic, but this looks like enough to fill that bowl all by itself. Even without any of the pumpkin stuff we just made. And the pumpkin stuff we just made is going to get bigger. How can this happen? There's no way this is going to fit in here. You know, I may have to go get a second one. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to put this in here now. Just using our fingers. We're going to press it down into the... I'm going to do the whole thing. Oh, my God. I'm going to be sorry about this later. I just know I am. When I try to fill it, it's not going to work. But maybe it'll compress. So what we're doing is pushing it down on the bottom and compressing it against the sides so that it makes a side crust, preferably without huge chunks of it. This is the hard part of doing a graham cracker crust or any kind of crust you press into its position is that there's a point where the bottom meets the wall of the container that it starts to get really thick if you don't carefully push it out. Well, that's pretty. Uh, No, it really isn't. I shouldn't say that. It's kind of fun, though. It's not sticking together very well. But I think that'll be okay because we're going to put it in the freezer after it's formed. I just have to get it to stay together long enough for me to get it to the freezer. And I'm getting that exact thing I was just talking about where it's really thick right where the bottom meets the sides. Okay, it's pretty messy looking. It's very messy looking. 
I'm trying to sort of neaten it up with my hand, but I believe this is a fool's errand. I have some sides that are too tall and some sides that are kind of broken and not tall enough. I'm trying to work that into something I can live with. <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's no way that filling's all going to fit in here. I may have to eat it with a spoon. Okay, that's as good as it's going to get. This is going into your freezer, and it's going to stay there until we're done with the rest. So what we need to do now is just go away until the pumpkin's marshmallow stuff has cooled down to room temperature. Right, so go away. Come back to me when your filling's cool. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
my stuff here, pumpkin marshmallow stuff, is... If it isn't room temperature, it's so darn close that I really am not going to sweat it. I'm just going to say it's fine, and by the time we get finished with the next step, it will be ready. So the next thing we're doing is whipping the whipping cream, which is going to be tricky because it's only a tiny bit. It's a quarter of a cup, which is two ounces. So when I put that two ounces or quarter of a cup of heavy whipping cream into this tiny bowl. And then I'm gonna try to use a beater, I mean an immersion blender on low speed and hope I don't just shoot whipping cream all over the kitchen. I'm using a shot glass to measure this because it came to hand because apparently all my other measuring cups have been used and need to be washed. And I don't wanna take time to do that right now. So I have this cool uh, one and a half ounce shot glass And so I'm getting two full ounces of whipping cream measured into this tiny bowl. And I, by the way, during that break, decided there's no way, no way whatsoever that this filling is going to fit into that little ramekin with the graham cracker crust in it. So I've gotten out a little bowl to pour the excess into. Now, what we are going to do is whip this up until we get stiff peaks, not soft peaks. Soft peaks is when the whipping cream kind of makes little mountains, but the tips flop over. With stiff peaks, it doesn't do that. Oh, first I have to put the sugar in. It needs half a tablespoon of granulated sugar. I have some baker's sugar, which is extra fine, which just seems like a good way to use it. So put your half tablespoon of sugar in with the whipping cream. And now comes the scary part. I hope I don't splatter this all over. Oh my goodness. Okay, here we go. Okay. What we do is start it on low. If you've got a hand mixer, this will be a lot more straightforward. You start it on low, and then as it starts to whip, you increase the speed a little bit at a time. Until you get those stiff peaks that don't flop over. You pull up your mixer blades, and it leaves a mountain of whipping cream behind that doesn't flop over. It shouldn't take very long, but it's not yet. By the way, if ever you're planning to whip cream, it's helpful to have your container be cold before you start. And you'll see it kind of stiffen up. Oh, that's a flop over peak. All right, we're getting close. And by the way, I didn't splatter it. Oh yeah, if I go any further, I'm gonna have butter. Sweet butter, but butter nonetheless. Now, the cream cheese goes into the pumpkin and marshmallows. And your cream cheese brick probably has measurements on it. You want one and a half ounces, and usually the measurements are an ounce each. Once it's soft, it's a little tricky to guess where an ounce and a half is. But I'm going to give it a shot. Not quite an ounce and a half. I'm trying to look at the two ounce mark and see how close I am to that. This is not the best way to do this. I just told you I had a food scale and I could actually measure it. But as you probably know, I'm into uh, shortcuts. Uh, That's probably pretty near to an ounce and a half. And I'll never know if it isn't because I haven't had the recipe before. I won't have a clue if it's right. All right, now this needs to get beaten into the cooled marshmallow and pumpkin stuff. 
And I think I'm going to do that by hand, just whipping it with a silicone spatula. The goal is to get it mixed up. So the cream cheese is all incorporated, and there's no white spots, no residual sign of the cream cheese. That's the goal. So it may take a little elbow grease. Uh, You could use your mixer, I suppose, if you wanted to try that, since you have it out already. However, doing it by hand also did not take very long. It's really all mixed in now. This is the part I'm unsure of. I get that it says to do this, and I'm going to do this but I'm not convinced it's a good idea. What we're gonna do is fold in the whipped cream using the silicone spatula I told you you would need. And what this is gonna do is add some floof to the cheesecake, which I like my cheesecake really dense. And so I may regret doing this, plus it adds to the volume and I already don't have room for it. But I'm gonna try to do this the way the recipe says because Maybe they know what they're talking about. So folding means you're going to scoop all of that whipped cream into the bowl with the cream cheese, pumpkin, marshmallow mixture. And then using your silicone spatula, you gently scoop the bottom pumpkin up and over the whipped cream at just one scoop at a time. Under to the bottom and fold it over the top. That's why it's called folding You're not actually stirring it. You're doing something much more delicate because you don't want to lose all the floof of that whipped cream. The point is for it to give it some airiness, some lightness, and some, well, some whipped cream texture, I guess. It's not going to be exactly a whipped cream texture because, first of all, you are going to be folding some of the air out of it. And second of all, it's mixing with all these other sticky things and denser things. It's gonna take a few minutes to get all the white gone. We don't want any white streaks left. It should all be the same color. This is the second time in this recipe that that's how they've described it, is making it so that it's all the same color. And then of course what we're gonna do is put it into that ramekin. We're gonna get that back out of the freezer and spoon this carefully into the crust because Otherwise, I'm afraid that crust is going to just fall apart. Maybe I didn't get my graham crackers ground quite fine enough. Didn't get them into small enough bits for them to stick together. See, this looks really fluffy. It looks more like a mousse than a cheesecake to me. And that's what worries me about the recipe. I'm not interested in a pumpkin cheesecake mousse. Although, if I don't like it this way, I may try just adding the whipping cream and the sugar without whipping it first. That would get the ingredients that we need without making it fluffy. But I'm jumping way ahead. For all I know, it's going to be perfect. All right, this is all incorporated. It's all one color now. And I have to go get my crust out of the freezer. Hmm. Filling taste test. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, that's not bad. That's interesting. It feels like it might be a little shy on salt, but you know, there's salt in the butter that's in the crust. And I'll bet there's salt in graham crackers too. So it may be that the crust will kind of correct what seems like not quite enough salt. Here it goes or else it doesn't. Let's see where we get. 
seems like it's going to hold about half of this. Well, uh, okay, if I kind of plump it up over the top, it looks like it's going to hold much of it. It's hard to say most, but I'm not sure that's true. I'm just going to keep going because it's going to get refrigerated for four hours. I'm just going to put it all on here. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so oh, this could be really foolish, but I feel like all I have to do is get it moved to the fridge, right? And then it'll chill and stiffen up and maybe won't fall out of here. <laughs> it's kind of uh, funny, actually. It's kind of cute in a sort of uh, unplanned kind of way. Mm-hmm. I do like this filling. Okay, I'm going to take a picture of it so that you can see how it's turned out here. And it will be on the website, thecookalongpodcast.com. I will take another picture once I cut it, because in theory, this is two servings, right? And we'll see what it looks like when it's only one serving. And in order to get it even out of here, I may have to turn the whole thing upside down. I don't know. It's fun, though. And I think it's going to be tasty. Tell your friends about the recipe. Tell them to listen, and maybe they'll want to give this a try. Because it's always pumpkin season. Because it looks kind of good. And because... Why not? That's why. Because why not? Enjoy your marshmallow pumpkin cheesecake. Let me know what you think of it by sending me a message on the website through the contact page or on Facebook. Ask your friends to join you in listening to the Cook Along podcast. And until next time, happy cooking! Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're enjoying this podcast, you can make a contribution through the supporter link on every Cook Along podcast page or go to Kofi ko-fi.com slash the cook along podcast. Thanks for your support and thanks for listening.